Hello, book friends, and welcome back to another episode of All the Things Sort of Truth, the alcohol-fueled chapter-by-chapter reread of the Sort of Truth series with a fireplace full of craft brew on the side. Now that is a comforting thought. Uh, yeah, especially compared to the rest of this chapter. Yeah, yeah the fireplace in this chapter is uh, <laughs> it's a real shit show. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm Nate. And I'm Jade. And on this episode, we're going to be getting uncomfortable with chapter 29 of Stone of Tears. Very. <laughs> so this chapter, we rejoin Kaylin and Chan walking through the the death town up to the palace. The corpse castle? Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> and they've made it to the doors of the palace now. So the doors have delicate shields with the amno crest on them, and they, they raised some questions for me because I guess I assumed that the amno name was passed down through the confessors because I just didn't know why they would take the name of their mates because... Like, they don't really matter, right? Except bloodline. Right. As far as we know, the fathers are just the fathers so they could have babies. Right. They're, they're chosen for traits. So we know that King Wyborn's name was Amnel. That was his name, not Kaylin's mom's name. Right. So the confessors, I, we don't know if they typically take the name of the person that they're mated to or what the story is there. Yeah, is this a special circumstance or is this a thing that happens all the time? Because it just, I don't know, doesn't make a lot of sense to me that these strong women, like the confessors, whose only family is other confessors, would not pass down a name through themselves instead of being like, yeah, I'm going to take that dude's name because he was politically awesome. That's just something to know. I forgot that that's the case. I was under the impression that this name was a confessor name, so I was... Kind of surprised when we got to this chapter. Yeah. So that surprised me. Chan is a little bit surprised when they get into the palace because there's just like a lot there. It's big. It's opulent. It's nothing like anything he's ever seen before. The place is huge. Yeah. He was like, what the fuck could you possibly need something this big for? Yeah. Assuming all of the buildings in their village are very, very small. This is unlike anything he's ever seen before. In a couple of ways, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think on a, on a couple of different levels, it's just out of the realm of anything he's ever even imagined. People building. Well, and all the dead bodies. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. They are literally everywhere. They go into a couple rooms and every room is filled. They get to the kitchen and the kitchen staff from top to bottom has been slaughtered. The invaders afterwards look to have had, like, a giant feast, and they drank a lot, which, I mean, you knew they were going to drink the booze. Yeah, you can't leave perfectly good booze just sitting around. Yeah, they might be terrible, terrible people, but they're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they know where the good stuff is. <laughs> they tossed food everywhere. It was a giant fucking mess. She had assumed everyone had died right, right away when they got in the room, and then she noticed some... Some people in the corner, women in the corner specifically, that were not killed quite so fast. They had had it drawn out a little bit. And so that drew her attention for a minute before she had enough and headed upstairs. Chan following right the fuck behind her. She is not getting out of his sight. That is not going to happen. 
Yeah, he gets a little irritated that she took it upon herself to just walk out of the room. Yeah. Like, this is a normal fucking stroll they're taking. I'm your escort. I'm supposed <laughs> to escort you. You have to let me do my job. <laughs> I um, have one job. Yeah. <laughs> he also mentions taking some food, and Kaylin tells him that, you know, the army here would have poisoned it. If anybody came back to, like, get food after this, then they die, you know, Assuming it would be people that lived there after the fact. Yeah. So that's out of the question. But wasn't he totally against taking anything in literally the last chapter? Yeah. I like how quick his opinion changed on a couple of things between a couple chapters and going that like Kalen has definitely been like molding him a little bit because he went from being like, no, that's a dead person's thing to being like, they wouldn't care. Right. <laughs> They're good people. She gave him permission just the tiniest little bit in the last chapter. Now he's like, well, we can probably take that too, right? <laughs> right. He's like testing the boundary. Like, this is what we do, right? <laughs> yeah, we can do this now. <laughs> so they make it to the main floor. It's free of bodies because it looks like it's been used as a base. Like the guys all hung out here and ate. So it's littered with leavings of a group like that. You know, wine barrels, food scraps, bandages, just all around gross shit everywhere. And The leftovers. Yeah. Chan says they're probably there for two or three days. And the two of them aren't really sure why they stayed so long. Kaylin suggests maybe they were like resting up or maybe it was just because they were celebrating their win and Chan is completely disgusted by this idea. Like killing is not a reason to celebrate. He's, which I guess goes with his personality a little bit. He's a very solemn person in, in general. He doesn't really celebrate shit. Yeah, he's very duty bound. Anything he does, it's because he has to do it. It wouldn't be done and be like, fuck yeah, I am awesome. Look at all of the people that I killed. It's because he would be doing a job for the mud people. Right. What's also funny is that he can tell that these people have been there for a few days just based on things around the room. It does go into more detail here in a little bit, but I thought it was pretty astounding that these guys can come from where they came from. And like even Kalen, right? They get into this room and all of this horrible shit has happened. And they're like, okay, so this happened over a period of three days. This happened here. This happened there. This guy went that way. And it's all just very, very Batman. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure trackers and people of that nature are a lot better at that kind of thing than people like me or you are. But to my brain, that's just so far out of something that I could muse at all. Right. Like, ugh, there's a fucking Oreo wrapper. He could have eaten that two weeks ago. I have no fucking idea. I think had Richard done it, it wouldn't have been that shocking. You kind of expect that from him. And I mean, even these mud people... They do shit like that all the time. They track things through the woods. So maybe I'm just not giving them enough credit. They probably would know how to do this. I guess it's just the amount that they have to do. Like over a period of three days, little tiny markings on different things mean different things. Like they saw some swirly scratches on the top of a table and like they fucking danced on the table. Right. The six sons of bitches. Like that is a really accurate guess. We're, I mean... We don't know for sure that that's exactly what happened, but he's making pretty, uh, pretty narrow guesses. Right. Well, also, I think the freezing temperature would like change that also, because I feel like 
maybe if it was a hot climate like what he's supposedly used to, then they could look at food and be like, oh, that food's rotting. It looks about three days rotted. That makes sense to me that they oh, were, yeah. or or something along those lines. Not that actually, that doesn't really even make sense because that wouldn't tell you how long they were there. That would tell you how long ago they left. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was very impressive that these guys pulled a lot of details out of their ass when they looked at the scene, and this is a very, very like traumatizing and filled scene. Yes. I totally <laughs> agree. <laughs> Kaylin decided that they are done on the main floor. They're going to head upstairs to the bedroom areas to check that shit out because even though she dreads it, she has to know everything that happened. So they check the men's quarters first in the West Wing. The West Wing, you know, like, never mind. <laughs> the soldiers <laughs> had taken those over. Once they had gotten through those which happened pretty quickly because there wasn't a whole lot to see. That's just where the gross men were sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I saw what you named the last episode, by the way. <laughs> it fit. It's not my <laughs> fault. Kaylin said it, okay? Fair enough. <laughs> they headed over to the East Wing <laughs> where the women sleep, like all the maids and servants and all that. Kaylin didn't allow Chan to enter the rooms first in this part of the castle. Everywhere else, she's been like, cool, you kick the door down, you be macho man, whatever. But I think because of some respect to these people, she wasn't going to allow him to be the person who saw them first. So it's like a dignity thing. That's what I was kind of thinking. She knows that they're dead, probably, so she's not really worried about any, like, danger. She's just trying to go in to, to know herself exactly what went down. So, yeah, it kind of just seemed like a respect for the dead type thing to me. So, each of the rooms on the east side of the palace are occupied. There's naked women in each of the rooms. There's an obvious stream of men that have been in and out of these rooms. You can tell by the, the dirt on the carpet. So now it's pretty obvious why all the men stayed so long. They, you know, were hanging out and just... The big corpse castle of <laughs> bad stuff. It's so much worse in these terms. No, these guys had everything that they wanted right here, and they took full advantage. So, Kaylin goes to enter the room where the younger of the queen's ladies-in-waiting stayed. I actually had to look that up because I wasn't sure what that meant. I thought maybe waiting to become, like, literally waiting to become a lady. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, like, I don't know the best example to put to it, but like a made man. Oh, yeah. You, you're officially a lady now because you're some higher-ups niece or whatever, so you just get that. You have a title. Yeah, and they teach you how to be fancy and shit, but that's not at all what it is. It's literally the queen's, like, probably highest servants yeah the ones that like attend to her yeah not slaves by any means just like her employees yeah i'm assuming they're treated well they have like nice rooms sounds like in the castle i think it depends on the the royalty that you're serving well it seems like they were treated decent here yes in a little while we do get to see like kaylin had some interaction with some of these people and they were like happy to be here Yes. Yeah. She had met some of these girls when they had come to Aiden Drill, like, before. Right. She saw that they were excited to be here. Right. 
I I had a little bit of a question because I felt like right after Kaylin became Mother Confessor was when Queen Cirilla had become queen, and they hadn't seen each other a whole lot since then. So there was a little bit of question for me on just timeline because I didn't think, I don't know how long it had been since they had both seen each other the last time. Has it been five years? Because these girls seem to be rather young, and Kaylin saw them at the Capitol. So the attempted assassination by Dreffin, I wasn't sure when that happened. Well, that's got to be like pre-Seeker era, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. That's all I think we really can know about it right now. I don't think there's a way to specifically get how long ago it was. Yeah. It was just something I was I was curious about how like how long Kaylin's actually been the mother confessor because it kind of seems like it hasn't actually been that long of a period of time. I think overall no. I could throw a general guess. I don't know, maybe 5 years or so. Okay. She's been it for a little while and the last year or so she's been with Richard, give or take. I'm sure I can get a more accurate number, but yeah, something to that effect. I think what caused her to become the mother confessor did not happen that long ago, that long before even we met Richard. Right. She was mother confessor long enough, though, that things were kind of normal for a minute. So it wasn't like a year total so right. far. Okay. She had fallen into the groove of her job and she like had regulars, sounds like. <laughs> she knew the mud people by name. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... Been doing it for a minute, but she's not that old to begin with. Right. So. Okay. Well, she's definitely old enough to have a beer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's time to celebrate that with the beer break. Sure. Tonight we have Clear Coast Fresh Hard Seltzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to admit, these things are growing on me. I enjoy them a lot. This one is Orange Passion. from Perrin. Honestly, I think um, Perrin's... No, I don't think their originals were as good as these ones. These are their, like, spring special pack or whatever, but they're really fucking good. I think they're better than a lot of the other seltzers that I've had. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor in these, and I think that makes them stand apart just a little bit. A lot of the other ones, it's like, you're drinking flavored water, and this is closer to a juice, (laughs) (laughs) which I know the first couple ones we tried... We're less like a juice, although I still haven't had a chance to try the actual flavor that was recommended yeah. to us. Um, so that will be happening. But yeah, this has much more flavor in it, and I like that. I'm gonna give it like a like a little shout out to the pineapple papaya flavor in this pack because it was my favorite and it was amazing. So <laughs> it received an honorable mention. Yes, that's, I was trying <laughs> to think of that term and I couldn't. So I appreciate your support there. Not a problem. You know, we can finish these up and then go get one of those. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I think we're going to do that. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. So as Kaylin looks over these dead bodies. Now, okay, hold on. That was a very cheerful wear back. So, as she was looking over the dead bodies. Uh, that's what I was... <laughs> I, I felt like I had to address it. I'm trying to be, like, jovial and happy because it's not happy to listen to a podcast that doesn't sound very, like, you know, enthused. Everything bad happens all the time, and it's just... Uh. Hard. <laughs> but it's it's a little... uh. 
It's a little weird to sound so excited about the death. So I just, I, I feel like I should mention that it's on purpose. Yeah, it's on purpose. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> With the beer can't help, the smiles will, goddammit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so as she looks over their dead bodies, Kaylin remembers the names of these young girls and thinks about the tragedy that they went through. She wondered why she wasn't crying, but thought maybe she was just numb to it now because it's been a really long fucking day. Yeah, I mean, look at the last few months even Kaylin has had. Pretty fucking hectic. Yeah, I mean, uh, and considering, like I said, they have been through a town very similar to this not that long ago. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, her brain's probably a little fried. On this kind of shit. She is all the way into, like, PTSD mode at this point. Just in shock. Yeah. Can't cry. Can't react. It's just, it's all a lot. Yeah. Her brain has shut off to, like, save itself, probably, at this point. Weirdly, like, paralleling Richard, almost. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And Nate puts a point on the board. (laughs) Not that it's a competition, Jade. Oh, 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 well, oh, okay. (laughs) Somebody needs to start keeping track of that shit. (laughs) So when she leaves the room, Chan tells Kaylin that he wants to tell her a story. And her dick ass tries to shoot him down, like, immediately. She's like, I don't want to hear a story right now, Chandelin. Um, And he's like, I'm going to tell you a story now. I want to tell you a story, he repeats louder. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is him making a demand. No, 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 you misunderstood me. This is happening, Kaylin. Sit down and listen. Right. Like, my thought was she can talk about money and shit while death is everywhere around them. And when tough guy Chandelin wants to, like, open up a little bit and actually tell her some stuff, now's not the time. Fuck you, Kaylin. Shut the hell up. Sit down and listen to a story, okay? It's because the blood, the gore, and the death doesn't bother Kaylin. It's the feelings that make her uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, mm, no, I don't want a tear story. I can't handle that right now, please. We're going to keep walking. Right. They're literally in the middle of one. No more, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tells her anyways. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and the story that he's telling her about is the history of the mud people, essentially. They used to let people onto their land just like willy-nilly. And one of the people that they used to let onto the land was the Jokopo? Jokopo? Jacopo? Jokopo. <laughs> I'm terrible with this shit. I'm not even joking. Jacopo? I listened to it. Jacopo. Jokopo. Jacopo. Okay. Those people. We're going to say it a couple more times. It's going to be different every time. They seemed cool and peaceful until suddenly one day they switched and started killing and raping the women, many men at a time, for no reason. They just, they started attacking the mud people for no goddamn reason at all. Yeah, and like we know, the mud people, they don't have fighters. So this is not something they were prepared for. No, not at all. They were just like, uh... I thought we were having, like, picnics out on the valley. Like, what's going on, guys? Right. I mean, I guess I should be clear. Back then, they didn't have fighters. Now they absolutely fucking do. Yeah. But when this happened, they weren't prepared for it. So the Jacopo people come into their town. They steal his grandma and rape her. His grandfather, right, 
gathers men together and he's like, we are going to go kill those fuckers because they raped my wife and I'm assuming killed her. Yeah, we don't hear about her after that. It was kind of, I mean, it felt to me like she was she was taken away for that reason. And then they just never saw her again. Yeah. She was just gone. So, but the, the grandpa goes, fuck that. We're going to fight them and we're going to kill every single last one of them fuckers. Uh, You know, okay. As you do. Yeah. (laughs) He calls a gathering. He asks for help and the spirits give him some really weird advice. They're like, look, dude, stop crying. Now is time for business. You're going to handle this. And after this is done, then you can loosen up and cry. But don't do that until you've gotten basically your vengeance. It might be a little bit strange, but it's, I mean, okay. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think what they say is there's plenty of time for that after. Yeah. Which is a sad thought, but it's also a true thought. Kaylin's dad said much the same thing. He said, don't cry for the dead until you get your vengeance on those who killed them. Right. And Chan can respect the fuck out of that. He's like, yeah, okay. Same rule. Got you. (laughs) We're basically brother and sister. Your dad was like fucking talking to the spirits. We're on the same page. We're great. (laughs) It's when you look at someone and go, wooden spoon? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I know your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people probably know what you're talking about right now. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people got it a lot worse, but, you know. (laughs) How many wooden spoon kids are there out there? I know you are. (laughs) Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. So the ancestors taught grandpa how to fight and be stealthy. They taught him how to cover himself with mud and attack at night. And he could teach the other villagers how to do all this shit. They didn't fight like the Jacopo because they would lose. Because the Jacopo had like giant numbers. They fought during the day because they weren't afraid. Like because they were the bigger force. Yeah, there's strength in numbers, dude. You don't have to be sneaky if you can just overwhelm the enemy. Right, just like ants on a on a hill or some shit. <laughs> you can just walk in twirling a K and they can't stop all of you. <laughs> right, right. So instead, the mud people had to kill them anywhere they could catch them off guard, like farming, sleeping, pooping, <laughs> all that stuff. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so true story. My dad is a Vietnam veteran, and I asked him in my morbid teenage curiosity what the worst part of being there was, and he didn't really give me a straight answer, but he will say that one of the scariest things was literally taking a shit in the woods, because you just don't know. You are there literally, literally, with your pants around your ankles, and if something like comes up on you, there's... There's nowhere for you to go. Now, I've never experienced anything near as terrifying as that. No, absolutely not. I won't. I know that. I was just trying to illustrate the point that what these mud people are doing, effective. Because, like, it's terrifying. I'm scared to poop in the woods as it is. Like, I don't... (laughs) You feel something, like, tickle your butt, and you're like, what was that? Was that grass? Was that a furry thing? I don't fucking know. Not fun. (laughs) (laughs) The real question is, why are you pooping in the woods? I don't know. That's my point. We, we have we have bathrooms for a reason. Camping, right? That's the, We camp at places with bathrooms, usually. <laughs> so the mud people made the Jacopo fear the night and the grass and, like, really literally everything around them instead of, fe- like, 
the mud people fearing the day, like what the Jacobo have been doing to them. Yeah, death could literally come out of anywhere. So sleep well, hun. Yeah. Eventually, though, they they picked away at him long enough to where all the Jacopo were gone. Kaylin knew that meant that they killed the kids, too. Like, everybody. And, okay, that may be excessive, but then from the mud people's perspective, they have no idea why that started in the first place. So they just ended it. And they, like, full-on ended it. Yeah. Won't be a problem anymore. And again, Caitlin's dad swoops in with his, like, fatherly lessons, and he had told her, you can't give the enemy mercy if they bring the fight to you, because they would not give you mercy if the shit was switched around. So, like, you have to kill the kids, because if shit was switched, they would kill your kids, so you gotta. Well, they could be like the Keltons and hang on to that shit forever, so you better make sure everybody's dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Caitlin tells Chan some of her father's philosophies, and Chan totally connects with her for, like, the first time since he's really interacted with her this whole time. And he says he knows that this stuff isn't easy to learn or live with. He pulls off his mantle and shows her his bone knives strapped to his arms. Put it away. (laughs) Fucking show off. You could just take them out. Be like, hey, let's check these out. No, he had to, like, throw off. He casted off his mantle. <laughs> Probably gave her a solid pose, too. <laughs> Boom! What you think about that? <laughs> what if like, I turn this way? How's that? <laughs> Did you forget what they look like? <laughs> How long has Richard been gone? Uh? <laughs> So one of the knives is from his father and one is from his grandfather. They're carved out of their arm bones. Fun. They're wrapped with cotton to help, like, grip them, and they're topped with raven's feathers. They get passed down so, like, his kid is going to have his and his dad's, you know, so on and so forth. Grandpa's always gets put in the ground. Yeah, you hang on to grandpa's until you die, then grandpa's gets retired. Right. So Kaylin is like, hey, thanks for bringing the spirits of your, like, family with you. That's pretty fucking cool. I like that... You're protecting me. This was a whole thing. Cool. She makes a point to him. That's cool because we are mud people. Like, we are mud people. So they're our ancestors too, kind of. Oh, yeah. Whenever it's mentioned, it's not like, hey, you brought your ancestors. It's like, no, the mud people's ancestors of which we are a part. Yes. They're very, I don't think they're being careful about it, but they are sure to be inclusive. or They're including themselves in that group when they're talking about it yeah well i think it's important if you're going to take the benefits of being a mud person to make sure that you definitely do that every time (laughs) right and for the love of god do not eat with your left hand oh yeah ever yeah yeah. (laughs) talk about customs and traditions that is not when you want to fuck up yeah don't (laughs) (laughs) so so chan gets a little bit pissy at this point he tells kaylin she's at fault for all of the mud people dying at the hands of Dark and Rawl. His grandpa taught his dad and his uncle, Toph, who, by the way, Kaylin killed, <laughs> in case we forget. And Kaylin fucked up his protection of his people by bringing Richard there. Because of all the shit that followed Richard, not because of him directly. Well, yeah, but Chan's point is if Kaylin had never brought Richard, none of that would have happened. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, I guess you really can't argue with that, can you? 
Yeah, and I, I think that that's the the point that she kind of drops that. She's like, I, I can't argue about that point, but, you know. Well, I think you could tell that to Chan all day long anyway, and it wouldn't make a lick of difference to him. He's like, yeah, but you still got my people hurt. Yeah, but if we hadn't done what we did, literally everybody would be dead. And I think you would still get a blank stare and a, okay, so? <laughs> like, doesn't matter. Harm befell us because of you. So, never letting it go. <laughs> well, and that is actually what Kaylin tries to do. She tries to tell him, you know, uh, that's what we had to do. Your ancestors literally told Richard that that's what we had to do. Just like they told your fucking grandpa that you were just telling me a story about. They couldn't fight the way that Darkin wanted him to fight. He had to come around and do it the way he knew how to fight. His style, not Darkin's style. And again, Chan just won't drop the idea that if Richard hadn't been there, it never would have happened. I think it would have been interesting for Kaylin to point out at that point, like, if we wouldn't have been at the Mud People Village, then everyone wouldn't have been saved because we needed the guidance of the spirits to win. If we hadn't, we would have lost, which she kind of touches on a little bit. But when Chan is like, oh, if you wouldn't have brought him, everything would have been fine, Kaylin could have just been like, no, we would have died. So You're obviously not going to let it go. So I am going to hang out over here and have a beer, and you can just take some time to rant about that. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. And we are back. So at this point, Kaylin gets down to real talk with Shan. She asks, hey, do you know what it is I do? <laughs> and I fucking love his answer. He's like, well, you scare people so that they'll do what you say, which is not untrue. No, that's facts. <laughs> she, uh, uh, what do you say, adjusts his course when she says, no, it's my job to protect the interests of all of the people of the Midlands. Chan claims that they protect themselves, and Kaylin points out how much bigger the other armies of the Midlands are. Like, Yes, you are very strong people. I admire you and respect you and you know, all that. But if like a 10,000 man army comes down from the hills, they're going to crush you. And it's because of me that they don't do that. I'm in good with the council, not in good with them. Like I'm in charge of the council, right? You guys could never stand against the other armies. And that is why I stand for you. Like when I go to work and I'm not around you in your village, I am working for you, making sure these other people don't take advantage of you. They don't fear you, but they fear me. And that's why you guys are in the little safety bubble you're in. It, she, she makes a comment about how they fear her and the alliance she represents. And I thought it was a little bit funny because like, you don't represent shit right now. Right, not exactly. <laughs> There's no alliance that you're controlling. You just don't know it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's we were talking in just the last episode about how word can travel very quickly. I mean, okay, when we were first talking, we were thinking maybe a week or so, and it's actually more like a month. But either way, Kaylin has no idea what has happened. She explains to Chan that the Glean people have always backed her when somebody made war on a another group. 
They have fought for mud people's rights. Mud people never had to do that until the threat of dark and raw. Like, mud people have been doing their own shit over in the corner, fighting for themselves because nobody's bothered them because they had backing that they didn't even fucking know about. And then Chan can stand there and not even be grateful about it when she and Richard even fought to keep everybody from being murdered. On top of the, the many times that they've been, like, defended without his knowledge. Right, which goes back to the whole, hey, literally the whole world is here right now, so you're fucking welcome. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, you couldn't get a message like that through. <laughs> Something she said struck a chord, though, with Chan, because... It- He seems to have a new appreciation for what she's saying. He says, you know what? We both see each other as stubborn. Maybe we both should have been taught that sometimes doing the best you know can look like being stubborn. We both are just trying to keep our people safe. So, like, we have a really good common ground here. Yeah, we really don't have to be assholes to each other. I kind of thought this respect came around because of the way Kaylin was talking about taking lessons from her father. Yeah, I definitely started there, for sure. Ancestry is a very important thing to the mud people. If Chandelin is going to listen to anybody, it's going to be his ancestors. And Kaylin's dad, we know, is dead. That makes his advice, I mean, even though she's not getting it the same way, he literally just told this to her a long time ago, but that makes that, the idea that Kaylin is taking advice from her ancestor or her elder even and like that's the way she's choosing to run her shit is very respectable to a guy like Chandlin who does the exact same thing i i think that's interesting also the fact that i i hadn't really thought it this deep into it but also the fact that she was talking about protecting her people like the the big rant she was just going on was about protecting all of the different people all the different like cities and lands and everything and he's all about protecting his people that's what his yeah that's what his grandpa passed down to him so some combination of those two things are probably where it like lined up for him and it was like okay i get you i understand you now we're literally just trying to keep everybody safe so like <laughs> yes same page i appreciated that kaylin didn't like rub him I appreciated that Kaylin. <laughs> I'm sure Richard did too. Yeah. I appreciated that Kaylin didn't like rub it in and that instead she was like, I will try and see you for the man of honor you are. Like she kind of admitted, I've been looking at you like you're a dick too. So sorry. I will try to see you as a person now instead of just like a caricature of an asshole. I, I did like this because kind of like Zed and Addie. Chan and Kaylin are kind of a sweet fucking mix of yeah. like power and skill and just them together would be a fucking force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Well, and also I, I like the way they quip off of each other. Like uh, Chan is kind of an asshole, but they both like, um, I don't know, they dance in an f- interesting way. Kind of like the way the Birdman does. It, it's also fun because Chan seems to have also in this changed his stance on Richard pretty abruptly. Like, it's almost completely different from the last time he talked about Richard. He says Richard isn't stupid. He did say he would pick Chan, because I am the best. Also, he sacrificed himself to be Kalen's mate and, like, totally saved me because Kalen would have picked Chan. Oh, come the fuck off it. 
<laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I loved the whole thing. It is fucking funny, but at the same time, that's what you joke with your buddies about. Like, obviously, she would have picked me, fellas, but she has Richard, and so that's she did me a favor. But you don't say that to the person that it's about. Like, hey, you and I both know that you'd prefer me over your fiance, but we won't say that. You you picked him. He did me a favor. Now, not only that, he did me the favor of not having to deal with you. That I it it felt like <laughs> safe. <laughs> it felt like this safe flirting type thing that they were doing. Like he was like, I know you would want me if you were gonna pick me. Like now that we're friends, I'm gonna rib you in this way a little bit. And then yeah. she does the same thing. She's like, Oh, I didn't realize that being married to me would be so horrible. And I'm like, <laughs> You guys just hated each other like five seconds ago. Yeah, literally. <laughs> But it was fun. It did, like, lift the mood a little bit for a minute. Yeah, and I mean, these two are with each other right now, with Prin and Toss, but they're, like, stuck together. So it would probably be easier for these people to get some shit done when they're not just bickering all the time. Yeah. Chan takes his grandfather's bone knife at this point, and he puts it on Kaylin's arm. Kaylin tries to, like, say no. I I don't know if it's just because she's weirded out by it being a human bone or whatever, but she's ignored. And she is told that she fights to protect their people. So Chan wants her to have this. Grandpa would want to be fighting with her, which I was like, oh. That's a big fucking deal coming from him. That was so sweet. Yeah. I mean, if I was Chan, I would still be a world away from, I'm going to give you a family heirloom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, maybe you are slightly less shitty than what I thought of you. 10 minutes ago, but still slightly. (laughs) It's going to take some time to like rebuild a a trust with you. You know, it's going to be even longer time before we're like buddy, buddy. And they got there real quick. No, that's what I'm saying. He opened up with that story earlier and then there was like a wedge shoved in there and just like, bam, now he's just pouring it out. (laughs) So Caitlin tells him that she is honored to take grandpa's knife and that's like super awesome he tries to get her to swear to carry this duty and caitlin at first is like kind of a jerk about it saying i already swore my duty to the people of the midlands that i would protect everyone and i'm like whoa he's trying to do like a really cool thing maybe not don't do that i mean to be fair she did try and turn it down first She's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because then there's going to be a whole oath. Okay, she didn't say that. But then he's like, swear to me. No, I didn't ask for this. I don't want to <laughs> swear to you. It's not coming from a bad place. No. But also, like, he is insistent that she take it and then swear. Like, well, maybe I'm resistant to taking it because I don't necessarily want to swear an oath. Again, not that it's a bad thing to swear to. Just like, that can be heavy. and. We were bitter enemies like 10 minutes ago, so (laughs) it's just a lot. Yeah, no, I get it. I just, this is a big moment, and you've been all like, yeah, I'm a mud person. I'm a mud person. And one of the toughest critics of you being a mud person is like, here, let me give you this thing and have you promise to to take care of mud people like you say you're going to, and you're going to be like, hesitant? No, you should be like, sure, whatever you say, especially because she's like, Thinking in her head that she doesn't believe any of this shit anyways. (laughs) Yeah. 
And after she denies him the first time, he says he wants her to swear to him, which I thought was a a more clear thing. Like, he doesn't care if you swore in front of a whole bunch of official fucking people. He wants to hear that you promise to protect the mud people. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. Like, all right, yeah. I don't have TV. I'm... Like, in the village, didn't you see? We don't get cable, so. This is all I have. I live for this <laughs> shit, Kaylin. Now swear to me. <laughs> she finally does, and he tells her he's going to have to thank Richard when he sees him. He holds no ill will for him after all, which, again, was, like, super, I don't know, interesting, because he's, like, completely different than how he was five minutes ago with Richard. He's like, yeah, you know, no problem with the guy. We're great. Yeah. Go out for a beer later. We're fine. Richard is going to be so suspect when he's like, hey, Richard, what's up, best friend? <laughs> Thanks what for dying. What the fuck happened to you, Kalen? <laughs> Thanks for biting that bullet for me, bud. <laughs> is he licking toads again? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so as they're walking through the palace, Chan says to Kalen that somebody else has been there since all this bad shit has happened because the doors were shut when they got there. The only reason somebody would do that is if it was out of respect for the dead. The people who raped all these people and tortured them would never have shut the door because they didn't care that much. He's probably right. But just the notion of he knows who would shut doors and who wouldn't is a little bizarre. Like literally a war happened here and then a mass rape. And then like literally an army came fed shit and left. So. I don't know. I just, it wouldn't have been my first thought. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody just had really bad OCD. So when they saw the open doors, they were like, oh, got to shut all those. That's not okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think maybe it was just the sheer number of doors that were shut. Maybe, maybe if just a couple were shut, it wouldn't have been so weird. But like every single door that had dead people was shut. I think that's maybe why he was saying that. So it stuck out and they noticed it. Right. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. You would notice that, because otherwise they would be very haphazard. Yes. He asked then why they are there, and Kaylin tells him she had to know what happened to the queen. He's like, why? You give a shit about this queen for some reason? And she's like, yeah, that's my half-sister. They go to her door, and it's locked. So, again, somebody has been there. They locked it from the outside just to, like, be respectful or whatever. That's the proof for sure that somebody was there and closed the doors, too. Right. Like, that that didn't just happen on, on somebody's way out. Um, so the hallway reached before they even got into this room. They look inside, and the room is, like, legitly covered in shit. Covered. No. <laughs> the worst. I, I liked and hated how they were saying it was lucky it was all frozen. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to stay in the room at all. Oh, yeah. Just... Like, it was bad, but it would have been even worse. I don't know how frozen shit makes it worse, but frozen shit definitely makes it worse. Somebody even shit in the fireplace. Yeah, like a nice, (sighs) nice, respectable poop right in there. Just like you got your fireplace, your book, and your beer. That's your nook. You're happy. That's your good place. And somebody's shit in it. Yeah, well, the bed was also heaped over with Also, another good place and shit in. Not fucking cool. (laughs) I, okay. So first they say there's no bodies in there, so there's nothing to worry about there. Cirilla is not there. We already knew that. 
So we weren't really expecting her to be in there anyways. But Caitlin, as soon as she sees us, knew who had done it. Goddamn Keltons. Fucking Kelton. They always shit everywhere after fighting. That's like, (laughs) it's a calling card of theirs. How fucking bad is it that 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 is your calling card? Like, how do you end up being the army that shits on everything? I don't don't know. And... (laughs) I mean, it's just, it was so bizarre. She's like, oh, they shit in there? That's fucking Kelton. It's Kelton. That motherfucker. I wasn't sure before, but once I smelled that shit, that's just like that stew that they make over there. It's terrible. It's bad. <laughs> it's Kelton. I mean, it didn't remind me of anything else so much as Home Alone, the wet bandits. When he's like, that'll be our calling card. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you do it again? You didn't do it, you sick fuck, you know, and he yeah. turns on the sinks and just lets the water go over. This is their wet bandits mark. They just shit all over everything. Well, that's, I thought it was funny, too, because she said it was a message. They soiled these people in every way they could think of. They made it like, that's how much they disrespect these people. And I could just imagine all the Keltons, like, squatting up there, staring in each other's eyes, like, yeah, we're disrespecting the fuck out of them <laughs> right now. Fuck them. <laughs> you better go fill your belly so you can get back up there and shit some more. That bed is not near full enough. <laughs> now eat up, boys. We got a lot of shit to make yeah. over the next 36 <laughs> hours. Did you shit in the bathroom? Who told you you could shit in the bathroom? <laughs> the queen's bedroom is the place where we shit now. That's... That was supposed to be told to everybody yesterday. I don't know why people are still shitting in the bathroom. Like there's a guy walking around with a clipboard, like bathroom, check. Bedroom, ooh, check. Okay, living room, (laughs) check. Did somebody get the fireplace? Good. Nice touch. Good. (laughs) And one for Carl. (laughs) (laughs) So Kaylin is like, that's enough, and decides they need to get out of there and go find Prin and Toss, which I don't blame her. That that would be about the end of my exploration, too, I think. So Chan asks if this makes her angry at all because she's got that blank face that she gets, and she tells him he will know when she's angry. She's just waiting for the right time to show her anger. Now is not that. Again, I'm just reminded of the Kandar. Oh, yeah. Like... Trust me, when I get really pissed off, you will know. Which is like exactly what she says. You'll know. And Richard would just laugh at all of this, knowing it's true and terrifying. Be like, yeah, no, you'll, you just wait. (laughs) You want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The lightning bolt. The scars I was talking about. Yeah, because the rash. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. No, I am one hundred percent with you. It was a good reference, JD. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. So I'm glad we made it through that one. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. We made it. Cheers. If you like this episode, you can let us know by writing an email to podcastatt at gmail.com. If you wanted to leave us a voicemail or even send us a text, you can do that at 616-529-0025. You can find us on Facebook by searching all the things. You can find us on Instagram at PodcastATT and Twitter at Podcast <gasps> underscore T8. Boop. Nope, I fucked it up. Oh, you were so close. <laughs> underscore att and if you wanted to be extra cool you can go to patreon.com slash you guessed it podcast att and make a pledge of anywhere between one dollar and ten dollars we got some awesome shit on there we love you for doing it 
Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you real soon. <laughs> Bye.